and we're back. Peace be with you, dear friends, listeners, anyone that's out there. Thank you for listening. This is Ambush Radio, Ambush Podcast, and this episode is called Disintegrate. I'm really hoping that some of you just clicked on this one just because of the title, because that is a great title with the D-I-S in parentheses. Now, before I dive into anything, I want to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for taking the time. Maybe you're in the car or I know some people that listen to this while running or riding their bike or trying to do schoolwork at the same time. Today's episode is going to be a fantastic one because I've been germinating on this single episode for maybe about two and a half months. I guess you could say two and a half months. And it's the result of having read, good golly, maybe five or six books all on this topic. So this is going to be a great one. And I hope that you find it helpful. Now, in order to dive into this episode, I need to tell you up front that I'm going to kind of make it biographical, that I'm going to bring you along on a on a path, on a journey, on a, a sequence that's going to help you understand how I came to engage this word disintegrate. All right? So without further ado, let's begin. All right? Thank you once again for listening. This is Disintegrate. Now, if you are on some sort of spiritual path, if you have any form of faith whatsoever, wonderful, that's great. However, in previous episodes, I've made mention of how there is a difference between good and bad religion. And in fact, I mean, I I was raised and still am a part of the Jesus tradition. And if you were to read the scriptures, you would see that there are passages all throughout that definitely make a difference between good religion and bad religion. Sometimes even those words themselves are being used. And if you ask me, right now, Europe is at an 11% faith. America seems to be going through a mass overhaul or redefinition of what faith is or it's supposed to look like. Because the way it's been going for the past couple decades has been shown to be troubled, fractured, divided. And maybe you've seen that in public discourse if you've seen that in American news. Now, I will never say that good religion is bad. I will always say that bad religion is bad. And... I use the word religion because it comes from Latin, religio, religion, meaning re-ligament, like the ligaments in your body and your knee that hold your knee together. Re-ligament, re-attach. And so every form of good religion is supposed to help you reconnect. The question is, what is it supposed to connect you to again? And in what sense does it bring things together rather than let things fall apart? And so bad religion 
lets things fall apart. Good religion, good religio, brings things together. But today's episode is called Disintegrate for a reason. Now, I thoroughly enjoy words, and there are times when uh, I'll get stuck on a word for maybe, <laughs> it sounds like such a nerd thing, maybe three or four days, and then that word keeps coming up, and I, I like to think about it from a, a plurality of different angles, but the word disintegrate encapsulates a lot of this episode. I have to say that I, I don't know exactly when I started seeing the world as a spiritual thing, when I started engaging a more spiritual path and reading about the life and the teachings and the tradition of the Jesus movement. Probably, I can point to somewhere between my junior and senior year of high school, and then somewhere around, around in high school, I started taking it more seriously and tried to make it more a part of my life. And then that led into college, where it started to take even more and more. And then in the summers between college years, I would work at a camp. And the camp was great because I was surrounded by other people that were having their own growth and intensity um, driving them on, you know, that I was surrounded by other people that were also trying to do the same thing. Then I went on and worked at a church and that can be good and it can also be bad because sometimes when you work at a church, you get to like peek behind the curtain. You get to see the Wizard of Oz isn't as impressive as you think. And so churches can be good, but sometimes working at a church can can make you a little cynical because you see how this machine works. And if you have a chance, go back and listen to a previous episode about reclaiming ecclesia. Because in that one, I like to, uh, I tried to pull a difference between what is the ecclesia, the church at its best, versus the 501c3 nonprofit, the building, and the organization. Because there's a difference between the organization and the ecclesia. Now, when I got a peek behind the curtain, it caused me some problems because I started to ask myself, what's going on here? Because this doesn't always look right. And then, because of all of that peek behind the curtain and seeing how some things really happen, I needed to go away on a sabbatical. So I gave myself a hike. Now, on the hike, which some of you know, I was walking from Georgia to Maine, and somewhere in the middle of the cornfields of the su southern half of the Appalachian Trail in Pennsylvania, I woke up one morning and I thought to myself, I don't believe in Christianity anymore. And it was an honest moment, but it was a moment where I said to myself, I need to go wherever my path takes me. And slowly through the course of the day, as I walked maybe 15, 17 miles that day, I did walk back into faith. But there's something that happened because the faith that happened from all of the years before, which was good, and it taught me a lot of things, needed to mature, needed to grow, needed to bust out of its shell and then 
embrace some vulnerability for a bit. And so what I like to think is before that day, I was holding on to one view of God. And then ever since then, I let go of that view of God. And now I let God hold me. Now, then I went on to school. I went back to Princeton and then I went to work at another church. And this is the beautiful part. This is where disintegrate comes in because I was leading a retreat and I gave the people the opportunity to define what the theme would be for a whole weekend. And they said, quote, how to make God your whole life, not just part of your life. I was like, man, that's an incredible, incredible theme. The only problem is that's wordy. That's really long. And so I tried to come up with just one word. And it was integrity. Now, integrity is a fascinating word because most people define it as uh, letting your yes be yes, your no's be no's, being the same person that you are in private as you are in public, which is all good and fine. But the number two definition in most dictionaries says the word integrated. Integrity and integrated obviously come from the same root, and it means to bring things together, to integrate. And I think I can see something happening in faith perspectives, is that we, we see a fractured approach to the spiritual path. We, we like to see some things as spiritual and some things are not spiritual. And we think that you have integrity when you can separate things. But maybe real integrity is when you learn to integrate the quote-unquote dualism of sacred and secular and bring them together and see that maybe faith can dwell in the midst of or transform that whole dichotomy of thinking there's some things that are sacred, some things that are not. Now, I tried to think of the opposite of integrity. And what's fascinating, I was like, dis, un, unintegrity, disintegrity, and I was like, disintegrate. That if you don't take time to purposefully try to integrate your spiritual path with every part of your life, you are literally disintegrating it. That we, we really should not be surprised when someone's framework is decaying because they've never learned or been taught that it's important to integrate their spiritual path with everything that they do around them. And this is one of the most beautiful things about in the Christian tradition, which they call the incarnation, that God became flesh and dwelled among them. At the time of the Jesus movement, when he first arrived on the scene, there was something called Platonism, which said the physical is bad, the spiritual is good. Maybe you subscribe to that type of view, and I would like to challenge you to have a more, quote, integrated perspective. When God overcame that barrier and became physical, it was a way of undoing that sacred and secular dualism. 
Now, what does all of this have to do? So that's kind of a journey that led me up to leading a whole retreat. The word disintegrate is connected to the word integrity. And how do we understand all of this? How do we bring things together? Well, here we go. Ken Wilbur has written a number of very fascinating things. I think he would probably say he identifies as Buddhist, but he has been trying to um, provide a better framework for all religious types. And so what he did is take James Fowler, who wrote a fantastic book called Stages of Faith, in which he has, I think it's five, maybe six different stages, and says that there's growth that always needs to be happening that there's always another stage of growth available. Well, Ken Wilber took that and made it even further. He took this the five or six that James Fowler came up with and went even more elaborate. His definition is called integral theory. How do you integrate everything into your worldview? And if you ask me, Part of the reason why there are so many people leaving a spiritual path, leaving churches, leaving faith, stop reading the scriptures is because they only see a disintegrated faith. If you think about it, there are so many people that think that their faith has nothing to do with mental health or that it has nothing to do with their bodily existence, or that it has nothing to do with public politics, or that it has nothing to do with the environment, and that the spiritual path has only got to do with whatever we mean with soul, with spirit, with spirituality, with prayer. But to separate your, um, your faith apart from all of those other things is to engage in disintegration rather than integration, which leads to integrity. And I think this is part of the problem. If you were to even look at public discourse today, we have people in politics that speak terrible comments about women. There are people out there that seem like they don't have consistent character. There are people that <laughs> that don't see that faith should influence how you use your Twitter account. But you see, that's part of the problem. If you don't let your faith speak to every part of your life, then your faith doesn't have integrity and maybe your view of the divine is not big enough because your view of the divine cannot incorporate everything. Now, for some of you that maybe were raised in the Catholic Church, I've got good news for you. The word Catholic, sometimes it's translated as universal, but it's katahalu is where it comes from in the Greek, and that literally means concerning the whole of everything, which you could say maybe translate could be universal, but if your faith isn't concerned with the whole of everything, you need you maybe have some growing to do because it should have something to say about good art, about good music, about gardening. It should have something to say about obesity, cholesterol, sculptures, mathematics, lawn care, fossil fuels, a Mars colony. 
good haircuts, I'm riffing, flossing, homelessness, genocide, hospitality, addiction, bowling, frisbee golf, like literally katahalu concerning the whole of everything. And if you are not trying to find ways to let your faith speak to or have commentary on these things, then maybe your spiritual path has less integrity than it could. It's really kind of, um, it's remarkable when you start to read the scriptures, you start to see that there's other things going on. For instance, most people know the passage in John, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Most people know that, but the thing is, you can become so familiar with the passage that you become numb to it. And when I had the opportunity to learn Greek, I found out that the word world there doesn't mean world. For God so loved the world, it actually is cosmos. For God so loved the cosmos. For God so loved the ordered whole of everything. You see, Hopefully your understanding of the spiritual path takes you from an egocentric, this is something that Ken Wilber would also say, takes you from an egocentric perspective where you only think about yourself and your circle of concerns keeps getting larger. That maybe at first you only care about yourself and your own spirituality, but then it leads you to care about your family, your town, your nation, the globe and all of its people, but then also includes your body, the health of those around you, the health of the people in your nation, the health of the world. What does it mean to let your faith speak to your politics, to your sociology, to your philosophy, and then let it speak to the faith of others, the politics of others, the philosophy of others? the politics of the world? What does it mean that maybe at first you care about your own physical body, but then you let your spiritual path start to influence and speak to forests, rivers, ocean pollution, the fact that there's a giant floating mass of plastic out in the Pacific Ocean that rivals the size of certain states what does your faith have to say about that? Because if your faith is all about the spiritual and nothing to do with the physical, then you have learned nothing from the example of Jesus in his incarnation. This is one of the avenues in which I think maybe people are right to leave church. Maybe some people are right to leave the quote-unquote thing that we call Christianity today. Because what they've been handed is actually a rather disintegrated view that doesn't know how to let faith speak to other parts of life. Not too long ago, I read a, an interesting book that said sin, which sin can be a very tricky thing to name, and I would like to say maybe it means loving the wrong things too much. Sin might also be <clears throat> the purposeful decision against growth and against health, which means does your path 
teach you <laughs> from like a spiritual angle, maybe you shouldn't have a fourth cheesesteak today. Or maybe you don't need to have another Frappuccino for the fourth time this week. Maybe in order to have a faith of integrity that's integrated, you let it speak to your smoking habits. The fact that maybe you don't wear a seatbelt. Now, and in case you don't think this is helpful, let me, let me back it up. Because one of the ways in which I think we need to be a little more integrated is just in the care of your, your body. Just, just take care of yourself. Because let's, let's go through the history. In the scriptures, in the very beginning, in Genesis, God and man walk around the garden together. That falls through. That doesn't work out. So then they're wandering in the desert later on, and they have a fancy tent that they call the tabernacle. This is the dwelling place of God, and God lives among them. And that's wonderful. And they move around from place to place to place. And then they finally settle in Jerusalem. They build a temple. And the temple is a more... T- more uh, tangible thing than a tent, but this is the dwelling place of God, but that temple gets destroyed. And then they build another one. David tried to do it. He couldn't do it. So his son Solomon did it. And bam, this is the dwelling place of God. That temple also eventually gets destroyed. And so when we come to this figure in the New Testament, the apostle Paul, he's a Pharisee who's completely steeped in this whole Jewish tradition that's beautiful and it's remarkable, and it loves three T's. One, territory. It loves the land of Jerusalem. Two, it loves Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And three, it loves the temple. And so in the New Testament, we've got a radical shift that happens because here is Paul, a trained Pharisee in the Jewish tradition that values the dwelling place of God as being a temple, a temple, then tabernacle, and originally back around just walking around in a garden. And he makes the radical break and says, you are the temple. That is a, like, I keep saying the word radical, but it's also a very integrated view that all of a sudden he let his faith not only speak to the buildings that they thought God dwelled in, but even the bodies of people. And if you are one of those people that that gives into separating some things as spiritual and some things as not spiritual, you have some growing to do. And that's okay because everybody goes through those stages of growing up and waking up to what really contains spirit. What does it mean to not let your faith, your spiritual path, to let your experience of God and the divine to always be seeking more and more integration, to be more and more healthy and whole, to be concerned with the whole of everything? I think some people give up on the Bible because some people have interpreted it always in just spiritual ways that are only concerned with your own personal spirituality. But what does it look like to read the Bible for the purpose of trying to find out the passages where it speaks to our physical existence, when it speaks to the public values of the town hall? 
for when it speaks of how we should take care of creation, of the universe, even. What does it mean to have a path with integrity? Well, it means this, that you bring all things together. Isn't that good? Um, there's even a word for it in Greek, which I'm forgetting <laughs> right now. Uh, what is it? I don't remember. But it means to bring all things together. There's this beautiful passage um, in Ephesians where it talks about, which Paul wrote this letter as well, the same guy who said that there's a radical shift when you understand yourself as a temple. The Apostle Paul said that all things need to come together in Christ. Now, and, and Christ is the, the divine, the healing presence, the, the archetype of which all things come from and are returning back to. What does it mean to let all things return back to the Christ? And maybe... Maybe you have a different understanding of that. That's fine. But the thing is, everything is headed somewhere, and it's headed to a place of bringing things together. And so anytime that you are seeking division, anytime you are seeking separation, anytime you are seeking disintegration, you are actually working against the movement towards the Christ. Which, guess what? That means something about Racism, sexism, classism it has something to do with fear of immigrants. It has something to do with keeping the poor poor. What does it look like to bring all things together, to unify all things in the Christ? Now, even if you don't consider yourself a, a fervent follower of Jesus, I would like to say there, there is incredible wisdom and learning from the Jesus tradition, because this is all steeped in old, old, old orthodoxy, just put in brand new words. Integration just means integrity. As you go up about your life, this week, this month, maybe make it the theme for the rest of 2018, try to have a faith with integrity, that seeks to integrate it everywhere rather than keep it compartmentalized over here to your personal self and let it speak to mental health, to <laughs> whether or not you floss, to whether or not you go to the doctor for your checkup. Let it influence the way that you understand public polity, with the way that you understand public discourse and how the collective, your community, has its values. Maybe its values are a little off. And so then your faith is inviting you to go into the political sphere, which is fascinating. What does it mean to let your faith speak to taking care of rivers and oceans and endangered species to bring all things together? Don't give in to disintegration. Rather, jump in on the joy that is integration. And maybe you'll find that you have a life with a little more integrity than you did yesterday. 
And may you and I and everyone else always seek more and more integrity on our own paths. May grace and peace be with you. This was (laughs) uh, disintegration.